Thank you, Pastor James. Rosie. Rosie Molina is our first candidate. Rosie, why don't you have you come right up here? Kind of a cool thing. Rosie, uh, she's actually getting baptized with her grandson, Jesse, right there. So really cool to be able to share that together. So as Pastor James mentioned, you know, please read these testimonies. Rosie, I, I had the chance to read your testimony this week. It's, it's incredible what you've been through in your life. Uh, I know one of the more impactful things for me was uh, you mentioned how your sons were in prison. Uh, in prison, they came to know Christ, and one of the first things they did when they were released was they wanted to take you to church. Is that right? Oh, yes. They came and grabbed me by my hand and said, you're going to church. And I was dealing drugs. It was like, what? You know, <laughs> and they took me, and I felt so weird. You know, I mean, but then at the same time, I felt good. It was, like, really scary and stuff. I mean, to accept God, it was scary because I was shamed. I had shame in me. That was the problem. That's why it's hard to get sober when you have shame. Rosie, you've been through some incredible things and how God's transformed your life. I know you had mentioned that you had a gun to your face multiple times, and there's so many instances where God showed his care for you. So maybe just what is one way God has shown his love for you through all the things you've been through? The one way, many ways. I mean, the, the bullets just passing me by my head. The, the, gosh, when I was kidnapped and I was able to talk that man into another man into helping me escape because they were injecting me constantly every time I woke up because I was used as a sex slave. But it, it's just so many things. And he just... I just know I'm here today. I made it to the age of 69 when, by all, by all odds, I should not even be here. I mean, I, there's so much. I, I want to say, but you told me to keep it short, so now I don't know what to do. And it's, no, that was Pastor James that keep it short. That wasn't. <laughs> so I don't know how short to be. I really don't know. Let me ask you one last thing, Rosie. Again, because your testimony, uh, to start with this, I think it just shows the impact of how God can move through your life, even in ways you don't even know. So since you've come to Christ, what is, how is your life different? Oh, gosh, I've been blessed by all kinds of stuff. Even my ex-husband came back. Uh, we're just good friends. And, um, <laughs> well, I could have kicked him out, you know. But, um, no, but he, he comes every day to my house, and he goes home every night, and but I think he adopted my dog, and I don't realize that he stole it. I don't know. Because a dog is everything to him. Well, it sounds like God's moving. So. <laughs> all kinds of other things. Like, everything went good. I mean, just all kinds of stuff. I, I got on Social Security. I mean, and I didn't know anything about Social Security. I mean, they told me I had to sign my, my mind away for me to collect it. And I never thought I was crazy, but I signed it, and they... They accepted me right away. Normally, you get denied three times, but they accepted me. I felt kind of sad, but because that meant I was kind of a nut. But anyway, just all kinds of stuff. Even where I live right now, that was meant by God. Rosie, thank you so much for sharing with us. Again, I encourage you guys, read her testimony. And we're going to be baptizing in just a little bit. I'll turn it back over to Pastor James. You can hand it over here, Rosie. Wow. No, you can stand over there. Yeah, man, what an awesome, awesome story. Next up is Vivian Jones. Would you guys all welcome up Vivian Jones? <laughs> Vivian, you know, in your testimony, you shared and you talked about how your relationship with the Lord was one that was kind of built around fear. So can you share a little bit of why that was and what that was like? Uh, well, I grew up in a church that um, 
God felt like he was punitive. He was a punitive God that everything, it didn't matter how much I did, it, he would never accept me how I was. I felt sinful. I felt unworthy of what he had to offer me. So that's how I grew up. No, and I think a lot of people can resonate with that. I think a lot of times when people think about God, they think about God being mad at them or uh, having these high standards that we can never live up to and we feel so unworthy. And, and you know, in doing so, uh, you shared a little bit about how that kind of caused you to maybe even like walk away from your faith for a little bit. Can you share about what that was like and what happened? Yeah, well, I, throughout all that process, I was still going to church. I was even baptized before, but I got into a relationship that was not um, God-honoring. And I could not get out of that relationship. And I was praying, I was reading the Bible, and I just felt like I was stuck in it. And then one day I was driving and I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm not meant to be call your daughter, so this is it. I'm going to break this relationship with you, God, and... It'll be it. I'll just continue with this guy. Um, I went to a prayer meeting one time and um, after that, and the leader um, just kind of said a prayer about the girl who couldn't leave her boyfriend. And I felt uh, warmth in my heart, and I felt that was the Holy Spirit nudging me. Uh, after that, I went and did prayer fasting, and I think that's what I needed to get out of that relationship. The Holy Spirit gave me the strength, gave me that um, reassurance that he was with me and that he was not going to leave me even if I wanted to leave him, and um, I was able to get out of that. That's so awesome. I think that's just the testament to in Scripture where it tells us that even when we're not faithful, he remains faithful to us. And, man, that's so awesome to hear about how you wanted to run away from him. You wanted to choose another relationship over him. And yet, at the end of the day, he continued to hold on to you, continued to love you. And, and I think a lot of that helped you come back to the Lord and see him not as a fearful God, right? So could you share us a little bit about how it's turned from fear into love? Uh, so even after that, I was just felt... Um, like I wasn't doing enough, and I got married, and after I got married, my husband and I found this church, and Pastor Gary had a um, sermon, and in the sermon, I learned about God's grace and love towards us, and I learned to accept it. I remember it had a huge impact on me, and um, I was able to reestablish that relationship to God, with God and kind of draw closer to him. And then in 2019, I had my son, and I think God through him showed me how much he loves us because I was like, if I love my son this much, how much more love God pours over us. So that was it. Thank, thank you so much. I mean, that's an awesome reminder that God's grace is free, that it's not anything that we can earn that he just loves us that much, that he would give up his one and only son. And that's love. And so thank you so much for sharing your testimony. Our next baptism candidate, Dennis Teese. Let's welcome him up, everybody. I know, Dennis, you got some, some friends, family here uh, today. And, and as you guys have the chance to read through Dennis's testimony, he's another one who's uh, really just been through a lot of difficult challenges, including time spent in prison. Um, but when Christ came to him, he came to him in a really special way. And so since that time, uh, Dennis, you know, how has your life changed? How has it looked different? Um, I got a beautiful wife. Um, I got two stepkids. <laughs> um, I got a job, a place to live, and I'm not in prison. I spent 15 years in prison. Um, 
I was reading the Bible and stuff, going to church in there. I seen some things in there that was running through the church I didn't agree with. How can you preach and teach me something if you're running drugs out of something or, or something else out of there? Um, I stepped back um, to get myself, or what got me through prison, I guess you'd say, would, was Buddhism for a while. That's in, I don't know if I wrote that in my thing or not. Um, but when I got out, I got back in touch with someone that, like me, had a checkered past, um, but she was on her walk. Um, She's my rock. One thing she said is she wants a God-fearing man, and I fear him. Ever said I, just, I never thought I would say that. Um, we went to a service one night, real quick. Went to a service one night. Everything was against us that day. Um, we were going to an NA meeting. Didn't make it. Traffic stopped us. She goes, hey, church, we can still make it to church. I think we're 30 minutes late for church. Um, but the service, for some reason, was just starting. Um, there was a prophet there. Um, I'm not one. I'm, I'm struggling being up here right now. I'm not one to get up in front of people. For some reason, something got me up there. I accepted Christ in my life again. Um, then later on, he was doing something else. People were coming up there to be prayed over. Next thing I know is I wake up on the ground, and I'm laying on the ground, and I feel someone touch my shoulder. I open my eyes, there's this dude here. He's like, he told me three things. She'll know when it's time. Your mom's proud of you. My mom's deceased now. Your mom's proud of you, and I'll see Ricky. Ricky's my daughter I haven't seen since she was two months old. Then he says, get up and walk. I sat up and turned around, and Jessica was kneeled down next to me. I was confused. Um, trying to figure out how she switched with this dude for a long time. Still don't know how she did it. Um, we went out to eat. I told her, you mean, how'd you switch with him? She's like, what do you mean switch with him? As soon as, you, as soon as they laid you on the ground, I came next to you so nobody got near you. Um, I go, no, there was some dude next to me. She's like, there was no dude there. It was me the whole time. Um, I can't explain it other than I wasn't believing, and he made me a believer that day. And he showed me something that nobody else could. I'm proud to be here. But he's done a lot in my life so much. We are proud to have you here, Dennis. You know, I thank you for sharing that. And, yeah, amen. Yeah, Dennis, you know, I think we, we read stories like yours, we read stories like Rosie's, all the testimonies, and, and you realize where people are at and how no matter how far from God they are, God just needs that one step back to them, and he welcomes you with open arms, and he can change your heart and change your life, Dennis. So we're so thankful that you're here today and that you're going to be getting baptized in a little bit. Let's give it up for Dennis one more time. Can you ask if his wife could please stand up? Because I'm curious who she is. There she is. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Rosie, for MC duties. Thank you. That's great. <laughs> Good to see you, Jessica. Our next uh, baptism candidate is Anahi Maganya. Anahi, did I pronounce that right? It's Anahi. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> I practiced like 40 times, but I didn't get the one quite right. 
But I know in, in your testimony, uh, you were sharing how, you know, it really there was kind of this case of having cold feet, trying to write out your testimony. Um, and I think that's something a lot of us can kind of relate to, that sometimes, you know, when you get to that moment, you have doubts. And so as you were going through that process, you know, how did God help you through that? And what did he kind of teach you through going through this? So it all started with, um, so before I went to the college retreat, I asked God to help me get uh, closer to him and help me understand how I can, um, you know, just close that bond with him. Uh, I was already thinking about baptism. I've been thinking about baptism for a long time, but something kept holding me back. And same thing happened as I was writing my uh, testimony. And all I can think about was God asking me a simple question like, okay, what if I take away everything? Like, just absolutely everything, the good and the bad. Am I still there in your life? In, like, no matter what everything else is going on, am I still the number one thing in your life? And at first, when I, I thought about it, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> the, that doesn't make any sense, of course. And that's when it, that's when I reacted, I guess. Nothing is holding me back. Only negative thoughts, only things that I've done in the past, and all of that Christ paid for. So what is holding me back? And that is kind of like what got me back into, you know, just finished writing. Nice. We're so thankful you're here. I think it's just a great uh, encouragement for all of us that, you know, I know for each of these baptisms in Kansas up here, Satan doesn't want these people here. He doesn't want them sharing their testimonies and their stories and blessing other people through what you've been through. But we thank you for your faithfulness, and we're excited to baptize you in just a little bit. Everybody, let's give it up one more time. It is Jesse Rivera. Why don't you come up here, Jesse? Jesse, you know, how special is it getting baptized with your grandmother, Rosie? I feel really blessed to be here with Rosie, and this is such a, a great moment for the both of us. Awesome, awesome. We're thankful to have you guys here. You know, Jesse, when I was reading through your testimony, it definitely sounds like there's been some things that have happened in your life, things you've had to walk away from, uh, like a six-figure salary, some things you've had to kind of work your way through, uh, like domestic violence. And so looking at those difficult areas of your past, how has God redeemed those things? Yeah, so at one time, I believe I was very materialistic. I wanted to climb the corporate ladder, make a lot of money, and uh, I was a very, I would say, pretentious person. And uh, so I, I had a job, and uh, my boss found out that I was a Christian, and I started to be treated differently. And uh, the leadership team and the whole organization was very corrupt, and, and I was asked to do unethical things. And uh, it didn't align with who I am as a person. And, and during that time, um, I really uh, reached out to God and I, I prayed. And, you know, he told me, you're not meant to be at this place with these evil people. And so I walked away from my six-figure salary and my comfort. And it was probably one of the best decisions that I've made in my life. Um, growing up, I, I was raised in an uh, abusive household, and uh, in high school, I had some friends who experienced domestic violence. Uh, after high school and in the workplace, people also experienced domestic violence, and I feel like God was really speaking to me, 
And uh, about six and a half years ago, I joined the board of directors for a domestic violence shelter. And so um, as an individual and as an organization, we um, have a shelter, we have a 24-hour hotline, we have counseling, and it's so good to hear our client uh, testimonials to see the growth that they experienced. And uh, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and I believe that God uses me as a tool to give people hope, to encourage people, and I believe that everyone has a right to live free from violence and the threat of violence. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesse. Uh, just last thing I'll say with that is, you know, even uh, in those areas of your life, you know, where um, it could be some of the most hurtful things that have happened to you, how Christ can take those things and redeem them, right? And take something so bad, just like Jesse experiencing domestic violence, and now him being able to pour his experiences out and care for other people. I think that's the amazing God of redemption that we have. So let me turn it back over to Pastor James. This is, this is so awesome to hear all of you guys share a little bit of your story of how God has changed your life. And if I could ask you guys, could you guys step forward maybe two steps together? And then what I want to do is, because baptism is a public declaration of your faith, I want to ask you guys to profess your, profess your faith publicly in front of your friends and your family, declaring Christ as Lord. So I'm going to ask you guys three questions, and if you agree, we say I do after each one. Number one, have you repented of your sins and rejected your old way of life? Awesome. Second question, do you believe wholeheartedly that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he died on the cross for your sins and that he rose from the grave to give you eternal life? Amen. And last but not least, will you daily commit to trusting Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the one who saves you from eternal punishment and the one whom you will follow obediently for the rest of your lives? Amen. Amen. Guys, give him a round of applause. I want to kick it over to Pastor Dan right here on the floor. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Greg. Well, we have the privilege of hearing at least a few little pieces from each uh, person's testimony today. And so the first up, I want to introduce you to Janet and Hiram. Uh, Janet, how are you feeling today? What does today feel like to you? You know, I don't remember being the focus of attention as much as today. So I feel like I'm getting married all over again. That's sweet. Is that how you feel, Hiram? Whatever she says. <laughs> These guys have it figured out, huh? I love it. You guys are awesome. Well, you know, I, I feel so privileged and honored to um, have gotten to know you a little bit better, especially recently. And in reading through your testimonies and just walking with you as you prepared for this special day, what stood out to me in your guys' testimonies is how God has protected you for so long, sustained you, provided for you, even back to the World War II era, which just that legacy of faith is so impressive to me. And I, I feel personally like I have learned from you guys in that. So thank you for your example in that. And I'd love to ask you just a few questions about that. You know, Janet, first, you, you mentioned that when you were saved at the age of 15, you had some family tensions that you had to deal with. You're coming from a different religious background, right? And what was it like to process that and to, to deal with that and to talk to your mom? And can you tell us a little bit about that, please? I'm the eldest of four children. And when God became mine and Jesus became mine, I had a whole new life. And although it was very early, because I learned later on that I couldn't serve two masters, at that moment, I wanted, I wanted this whole new life and none of the old. And so the very first 
real burden was to mention this to my parents who lived as Shintos, you know, with a little, with two altars in the home and rice being presented every night and all of us, you know, praying together. It wasn't easy. And I mulled over it and thought about it. And for me, it was the first real, real step beyond my parents. And so one night as we were at the Simon stand having a late snack and the hot bowl of noodles was placed before me, I couldn't eat. I sat there and looked at the noodles and, and I finally looked at my mother and I said, you know, mom, I can't pray at the altar anymore. I just can't. As a Christian, I can't do that. And my mother paused and waited a moment and then she said, I understand. Your courage and your clarity of faith at that age to, to make that separation from your Shinto upbringing and to understand, I need to draw a line here. That is just remarkable. And so thank you for being such an example of, of courage and clarity of faith, Janice. That's uh, really moving me right now, so thank you. Um, how, if, if there's anybody in this room who's maybe in a similar position of needing to step away from an old system of beliefs or to process some things with family members, how would you want to encourage them right now? You know, when, when Jesus filled my life, the God of the universe became mine. And so did the Holy Spirit as promised by scriptures. And I realized, I, this I realized in retrospect, but at the time, uh, there was this power within the power within that seemed to take away fear. And so uh, later on, um, <laughs> under the late Shoichi Sakamoto at the university, I learned to vertical float. It was a new experience. You could only do it in deep water. And you have to breathe diaphragmatically. And the body floats up to this point. We had to take our hands off the side of the pool, and coach stood on deck and made sure that we each did it. But you know, that became the metaphor for the Holy Spirit. You know, it just, we float with the buoyancy of the Holy Spirit. All fear is gone. So that's what happened. What a powerful word picture of the filling of the Spirit's breath. Yeah, praise the Lord. <laughs> And the boldness and the courage that he gave you. That is so cool, Janice. Thank you so much. I appreciate you sharing that story. And then Hiram, I would love to hear from you, brother. Um, what stood out to me in, in your story um, was how many times you almost died, actually. You, you, were, you went through some really traumatic, painful experiences, a lot of accidents. You were run over by a car twice. You, were, you fell out of like 20-foot tall trees, construction accidents. You've been through a lot, and God really protected your life, didn't he? And so you have suffered quite a bit, and I'm, I want to hear from you. How has the Lord used all of those really crazy experiences and that pain, uh, the wounds, to prepare you for the suffering you're going through today? I must say that God has been working overtime protecting this cause all. <laughs> and as Janet and I looked over my life, 
we look at the proverbial nine lives of a cat, but I've exceeded that many times. And uh, as I reflect back, the things that have happened and could have happened and ended up fatally, uh, I kind of marvel at God's protection over me. And I guess he cared about this guy. Yeah. And uh, so I'm thankful for that. I'm grateful. And so at this point in my life, uh, recently I've had surgeries on both knees. You know, one got infected. Uh, after six surgeries, it's still not done. But uh, I spent months in the hospital and at rehab. And I had time to think about many things. And the pain that I was going through daily, the severe pains, I thought, you know, Christ died for our sins. He hung on that cross. And what I felt was nothing. That's, this is, you know, minuscule compared to what he suffered. And all because he loved us. And that, that's a takeaway for me and that I can share with others that, you know, uh, you begin to uh, appreciate what God and his son did for us. And so with a grateful heart, I just live my life and I try to be kind to other people and just promote God's word. And, you know, we all have some favorite uh, scripture, and mine is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Um, you know, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all our ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. So I leave you with that. Blessings to all. That's such a great word. Thank you so much, Hiram. We praise the Lord. We've seen how God can use suffering to direct someone's path to the foot of the cross, the suffering servant, Jesus Christ, and how the Holy Spirit can fill and embolden and give courage for really difficult moments. Thank you so much, guys. We appreciate you. Hi. Hey, I want to I wanna bring up Lily to the front. This is, this is Lily Raymond. Everybody welcome Lily. Uh, I, I just love it when we see youth make decisions. So Lily, first of all, tell us, how, how old are you? I'm 11 years old. 11 years old. That's awesome. And what school do you go to? I go to Valor Christian. There we go. Valor Christian. My kids go there, so you're already doing really good in life. Praise the Lord. For, uh, for uh, bringing you on a good path. Um, if you read her testimony, she, she's made a decision to follow Jesus. And one thing I love reading about was she said, I'm working now to become more like Jesus. I want my life to look more like Jesus. So I want to ask you, what is one way um, that you're working on looking more like Christ in your life? Well, there's a couple ways. But um, one of them is being more kind and loving towards my brother because that's something that I definitely need to work on. Um, and also just in general, being kind to others because through my kindness and through my actions, I can show God through me. So I just want to show everyone um, the Lord's kindness. How, how old is your brother, by the way? Oh, he's five. He's about to turn six. Oh, that could be tough, huh? That could be tough. Is there, is there something else you want to say about becoming more like Jesus? Oh, yes, also being more honest with um, my parents. <laughs> Amen. My kids have a lot to learn from you, Lily. That's really good. So it's hard, though, uh, having a little five-year-old brother. Um, 
sometimes they require a little extra grace, right? And then our, our parents trying to be honest with them. I love that you're going to try to be like Jesus, but sometimes we might fail, right? We're not always going to be perfect. So what happens if you don't do that perfectly? Well, we all know that nobody can be perfect. So I know that God loves me, and I know that he loves everyone. And so if you ask for forgiveness, he'll give it to you. And also he accepts us for who we are. So, yeah. Okay. That's grace, right? Give me five, Lily. Awesome. I love it. She gets it. That's the gospel. Thanks, Lily. I want to bring up Cora and Cora. Welcome, Cora, to this day. <laughs> yeah. Cora, how old are you? I'm 12 years old. 12 years old. Another youth on the stage making a decision to follow Jesus. Now, um, you said that you actually grew up going to church. I know your family is here supporting you. Um, but even though you grew up going to church, um, do you think you've always been devoted to, to Jesus just because you went to church? No, I just didn't really care about it. <laughs> hey, that's honest. And she wrote that in her testimony um, that at, for a while you didn't care. But you heard something at school, and someone said to you at school, don't wait until tomorrow um, to, to believe, right? And so you made a decision immediately that that day you were going to believe and follow Jesus. Um, I love it. H how is, um, what's, what's one way at least that you're living wholeheartedly for Jesus now? I'm trying not to control everything around me and to just trust in him. Awesome. Giving control to Jesus. Amen. Give it up for Cora. Thank you, Cora. Way to go. Can't wait to see you in the pool. Ellie, come on up. Good morning, Ellie. Um, Ellie, Ellie's story, or a lot of her testimony and the way that she came to Jesus um, it might be hard to share today. It came out of a lot of pain, um, a really serious and early loss that was kind of unexpected um, and really hard to go through. And so, Ellie, I'd, I'd love, if, if you wouldn't mind, if you could share a bit with us, um, how did the Lord meet you in that just excruciating pain and the, the disappointment of losing your father um, back in 2013? Uh, from brain cancer. How did God step into that, into what you were going through, and just grab your attention and draw you back to him? Yeah, when my father passed away, I was, I was very angry. I was full of hatred um, against Jesus because I felt resentful that he took him away at such, an, at such a young age. Um, and I was angry for many years. Um, and in 2018, um, I had my first uh, child. I was a daughter. And I remember feeling disappointment and anger, well, happiness that I had her, but disappointment and anger that he wasn't going to be there to be uh, the grandfather. I knew that he could. So they took her away, and I fell asleep, and I had a dream, and I saw his face, and he was so happy and had this sense of joy celebrating that I had had her. And from that moment on, I had this sense of relief that came over me, the presence of God and his love, you know, towards my family, to, you know, towards me. And I felt a sense of forgiveness from Jesus for being so angry all those years. And I felt a sense of love on such a crazy day for just having a child. Um, but from that moment on, I, you know, 
I grew up Catholic, you know, practicing Catholic, and from that day on, I, I knew I wanted to start this relationship with Jesus on a more personal level, and I started my journey, and it's brought me to here, and, you know, I just want to say that I recognize that I do love Jesus. He's in my heart, and that he died for our sins, and I know that he forgave me for these really difficult five years that I was very angry at him for, and... You know, life is so different now. It's just full of love and joy, and I know that he's, he's with me and my family, so thanks. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Ellie. God, Ellie is such a strong example of how God doesn't waste those moments of loss and pain and tragedy. The Lord used that to really meet you in a unique, special way, and he can reach out to any of you in, in, in just that same way as well. Uh, and, and draw you back to the foot of the cross and give you encouragement and strength and, and really renew your life. So we praise the Lord for your story, Ellie. Thank you so much. You. All right, guys, this is uh, Mark Nataka. Let's get up here. Mark, Mark is a really good guy. Uh, yeah, let's go, Mark. Mark for Jesus, right? <laughs> He's really, good. he's really good at basketball, by the way, if any of you guys know. He's coached a lot of people here. I know he coaches Pastor Caleb's son. But, but just overall, uh, really good guy. You get to know him. You'll, you'll get that right away. Um, but I want to ask you, Mark, um, I know that you said in your testimony that, you know, you're hoping that your good would outweigh your bad. Um, as good as you are, because you're a really good guy, do you think that could ever save you? Uh, I know that... Um Good works, with good works, I can't earn my salvation, but um, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, um, only through uh, God's gift of grace and through the redemption of Christ Jesus can I be saved. And for any good work that I do is ultimately for God's glory. Amen. Amen. I'm, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that you get that. that. That is the gospel because we have a lot of good people in this church. But to have that light come on and realize that, that that's never going to save you, um, that's the grace of God. So I'm, I'm glad he uh, really grabbed a hold of your heart. And uh, you mentioned in your testimony that um, you've experienced some really deep pain um, in your life and you've gone through quite a bit. Um, what has God shown you about some of that pain you've gone through? Well, first, um, I know that my pain doesn't compare to the pain that Christ went through when he laid down his life for me, and um, probably compared to a lot of the pain that a lot of people have felt in comparison. Um, but he also revealed to me that, you know, that pain that I felt, it felt like a void, right? And um, I, it showed me, he showed me that I was too focused on f trying to fill that void with my own desires instead of what he desired for me. And uh, truly what will fill that void is um, God's love and the hope in Jesus Christ. Yeah, praise the Lord. Um, just, like, just like Ellie, you know, and what Pastor Dan said, God doesn't waste that pain. And all of it is to show his, his presence and his goodness. So... Thank, thank the Lord for, for Mark. We got one more. We got Dennis. Dennis, come up. And, you know, this, it's, it's, actually, um, it's actually a miracle uh, that, that Dennis is up here. I know that even trying to write his testimony was a challenge because of some health issues he was going through. Um, you mentioned in your testimony uh, a lose-lose situation that the doctors gave to you. They said pretty much there's not a lot of hope. Can you share just briefly about some of the stuff that you've been going through? 
Yeah, basically, um, I'm 43 now, but when I was 19, I, I was very sick. And, you know, they told my mom I was going to pass away and everything. But a uh, lady passed away in a car accident who was 62, and her liver was an exact match for me. So I went 25 years with this liver transplant, uh, very lucky. But two years ago, I developed a complication. I developed liver cancer in this new liver. And it's a difficult thing to treat. So basically, the doctors have said that either the cancer takes me or I get a second transplant, but I don't make it out of the operating room. So basically, I don't make it no matter what, is what the doctors say. But it doesn't steal my joy, you know. Amen, yeah. Yeah, I remember you emailing me um, and saying that these are the two options before me. And you use that, that terminology. It sounds like it's a lose-lose situation. But you're able to say in your testimony, God is still good, right? There's a win in this. So where's, where's the win for you? The win is that there's good news. Jesus died for us on the cross. He took our sins. And he gave us hope through eternal life if we believe in him. And I know that uh, if the rapture doesn't come, we might die a physical death. But if you believe in him, you go on. So there's hope to go on because of Jesus, because he's the way, he's the only way. So if you put your trust in him, no matter what you're going through, whether it's cancer, uh, know that Jesus will take care of you and that you don't have to worry about it. You don't, you don't have to sit there and get depressed and worry about cancer or whatever you have going on because you can give it up to him and trust him and know that you'll go on through him. I love that. You know, it reminds me of Philippians as, as you're talking. It's, it's a live-live situation, right? If God allows you to live here on earth, you live. If he takes you, you live. And so that, that's a huge win. So praise the Lord with me for Dennis. He's a walking testimony and miracle of God. Amen. Thank you. I want to start by bringing Vanessa up to the stage. Vanessa, would you come up here? This is Vanessa. Would you help me welcome Vanessa? I know her family's here, her husband, Philip, her uh, son, Jackson, and, and their family's here as well. But uh, Vanessa, in, in your story, um, I, I really appreciate your testimony that, that you shared with us. And in it, you talk about how you grew up learning about Jesus, you knew about the faith, uh, but there's a big difference between where you are at today, your understanding of the faith and of Christ compared to the uh, the past. So what, what's a key factor that makes the big difference for you? I think it's uh, understanding the hope of eternal life. Um, I think before I learned about Jesus and um, I just didn't really fully understand what it meant to live for him. Um, it was a very surface level uh, relationship. I was distracted by uh, worldly things. I idolized worldly things. I um, even associated my uh, worth and my value by my progress in my career. It's like I had a lens and I could only really focus on things of uh, just in this world. Um, but then I, um, I learned of the truth and my life has shifted since then. And now I know because Jesus died for me and, uh, and by his grace I'm saved and loved Despite my brokenness and my sinful, sinfulness, it's truly the most uh, incredible gift. 
Awesome. Yeah, I, I think a lot of us can identify with that and resonate, especially, um, yeah, seeing things and um, seeing through a filter of our, our career and, and what we've got going on. But thank God that Christ has really grabbed your attention. Um, what significant way has Christ impacted your life today? I know he's been doing a lot, but how do you see Christ at work today? I think uh, the biggest way is that uh, as a parent, um, I have a I have one son, and uh, I learned real quick how much how big your love is for your child and for your children. Um, the and with that love comes a lot of fear, a lot of worries, a lot of burdens. And um, I at first was holding on to those on by all on my own, and now I've learned to trust God with them. Um, I want my son to love Jesus and know Him, and. I trust that the Lord will work in his heart like he's, he's done in mine. Amen. Give, give it up for, for Vanessa. Praise the Lord. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, and totally agree that God shows us so much about the Father's love through, through parenting. So thank you for that testimony. I want to uh, invite April up. April is uh, here from Ohio, and uh, she just it's been about a year that she's been here. Um, in California with our church family. So would you welcome up April? So April, you're, um, you're a, a, what do you call it, a GPK, a, a grandfather's pastor's kid. Yeah. Your, your grandfather was a pastor, right? And uh, you, so you kind of grew up, he was a Baptist minister, so you grew up going to church. Um, but does that necessarily, I mean, did that save you? Did that necessarily make you a Christ follower? Absolutely not. No. Um, personally, I believe that you have to be a Christian wholeheartedly. It's not enough to go to church. It's not enough to go through the motions. You have to believe it wholeheartedly with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your spirit. And... It has to be a choice that you have to make. You can't just force it onto somebody. It has to be a choice. Yeah. So you, you just got to accept all of it. I'm so glad that um, the Holy Spirit revealed that to you, that it is our individual decision, not our father's, not our grandfather's, but ours. And so um, you've had quite a, quite a journey that you share in your story. Again, I encourage you to read um, everybody's story as they've shared it with you guys. But um, you shared pretty openly about just feeling neglected in your lifetime, just constantly feeling neglected. How has God uh, shown you his love for you and that he doesn't neglect you? I've had a lot of friends come and go throughout my life, and he's shown me love through them. And even though, you know, like I said, they come and go, that's okay. You know, I still feel their love. I feel God's love through the friends that he has given me, and especially since I moved here to California. Yeah, God's tender care and his presence can manifest in different ways, and a lot of times it's through the people that he puts in our life. So praise God. Thank you. Thank you, April. Step on up here with me, brother. Devin, one of the things I really love about you and I've enjoyed in getting to know you over the past couple weeks is your infectious joy and your passion for the Lord. Seriously. Um, I, I really hope that spills over onto you guys today. Uh, this guy's pumped for the Lord. But it wasn't always like that, was it? What was your interaction, relationship with, like, like with God as you were younger, when you were a kid? I think um, <clears throat> a lot of my past 
uh, relationship with God. Like, it's always been church. It's, uh, I mean, my parents, my family, we've always gone to church. We've always, you know, that's the good societal thing to do. And it's it's interesting to to watch how, how I mean, just like a quick, sharp turn of events or, you know, whether that be, you know, for me it was lockdown or quarantine or, you know, just a, a very how how think life can change into a very sharp turn of events into a dark place and you can be you know find yourself alone regretful just a lot of anger despair and just yeah just resentment not a really great place to be in and and it's insane just how like for me i just realizing that god was there all along and i mean thanks to my grandma my benoy my my parents my family it's uh, i've really been able to you know open up and and just reimburse and I don't know that 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 feeling of being reaccepted and like you're, you feel like you're such a trash and terrible person but there's still savior and there's still someone who loves you it's it's a really great great feeling just to know and uh, I mean SBCC has been so welcoming to me so really I appreciate it that's a great word Devin yeah let's give him a give the Lord praise God really, God really carried you through some dark times. We'll hear more about that a little bit later when Pastor Gary shares a little bit more about your testimony. But thank you for being an example to us and for just testifying to God's presence in your life, even through some tough stuff. So thanks, Devin. Michael, come on up, bro. Yeah, welcome, Michael. Mike, it's been, it's been so cool for me to see you do the, the really hard work over the past few years of investigating Christianity, asking really good questions and engaging the Christian faith uh, really with all you are, kind of like April mentioned, like really th- throwing yourself at it and, and saying, how, how do I make this faith my own? And so I just want to commend you for that, all of your, your effort and your openness to really explore who Jesus is and what he's about. I've seen you put all that in, bro. So I'm, I'm really pumped for you. And I think all of that work and time is, is behind what, what, he's, what is standing up here today. You know, this, uh, this decision to be baptized is not something that Michael's taking lightly. So, Michael, um, can you share with us, you know, through that process of really studying Christianity and, and uh, rediscovering Jesus, what was the thing or what were some of the things that really made it click for you? All right. So, uh, some background about me. I was born and raised in a Catholic family, so I was baptized when I was about a month old. Um, so growing up, I went to Catholic school. I basically went through the motions of, uh, you know, going to Sunday mass, uh, going to my regular religious classes, getting baptized, first communion, confirmation, all that stuff. But I never really embraced it. Um, and basically through my young adult life, I always, you know, just said, yeah, I'm a Christian, but didn't really put that much emotional effort into it. Um, not really thinking much about the relationship part of it. Um, and then in 2020, I uh, began seeing my now fiance Sammy, and she began asking me some very reflective questions about my faith. You know, what it means to me. What does Jesus mean to me? And uh, you know, later that year, I began attending SBCC virtually, um, and that's where I began on this journey, where I began asking a lot of questions and understanding that you know this is a relationship between me and Jesus. Jesus did sacrifice Himself for me. Uh, but, you know, it is a relationship that I also have to put in effort. It is not something you can really be passive. So over the past few years, I've been, um, you know, really embracing that and just, you know, embracing the community aspect of it, the church aspect, seeing God manifest himself through this church, you know, through um, all the pastors here. And, you know, it was 
this decision to get baptized now, even though I've been baptized before, this was like my choice. And that's something I really like about, you know, this church and, you know, really Christianity in general. It is really something where it's like you have to embrace that yourself. So now I'm at that point where I'm happy to, you know, embrace it. That's awesome, man. Yeah, thank you, Michael. Appreciate that. One follow-up question for you, Michael. You know, no doubt there are, there are people who are really resonating with what you're saying and had maybe taken a similar path or in a similar spot to what you described, you know, a few years ago um, before you really realized what Jesus has done for you. What, what would you want to say to encourage them in their faith and, and help them to, to move forward? What tips would you want to offer to help them take the next step with Jesus? Yeah, so my story, I mean, other people on the stage have kind of a similar story, so it's a very common feeling where you're here not because you choose to be necessarily, you may want to be sleeping in, but because your parents want you here, your loved ones want you here, and you know, you're just doing it to placate them, but just always remember, Jesus loves you no matter what. Um, Jesus will always be there for you. Um, there's a reason why he put you in the spot that you're in now to give you that opportunity. Um, there, you will need to make effort to embrace that relationship, but you know, it, he did manifest himself for me in a way where even in my, you know, early 30s, I feel like I am a brand new Christian, even though I would probably have considered myself one my whole life. So it's a journey and it is your own journey, but it's something that I fully encourage you to embrace because he does love you and he will always love you. doesn't matter how old or young you are. Amen. Amen to that. Thank you so much, Michael. Jumping. All right. Cool. I'm going to ask Deb Hoffer to come up. Um, some of you guys have been uh, inviting your friend or your family member to church for a long time, and some of them have responded and some of them haven't, and I know that could be discouraging. Um, Deb, in your testimony, you shared about how your mom and your best friend Lisa had been inviting you to church like for such a long time, and then they just stopped. They, they just quit um, because you, you wouldn't come, but then suddenly something happen deep inside of your heart, um, wanting to finally come. So, so what happened? Well, it was nothing that I did or anything that I mustered up within my own self. I found out later that a lot of people had been praying for me over time and asking the Lord to draw me into a personal relationship with himself. And over time, that's exactly what happened. And there was just a deep desire within my heart to attend yeah, I love that. That's the Holy Spirit. I think um, God uses people to invite, to pray, um, but at, at, at some point in his time, he did something deep in your heart. And then you, you came to church, and I love it, uh, a few weeks later, you responded to an altar call. You gave your life to Christ. And I, I just want to ask you, what is something that you've experienced? Um, and I know there's been some powerful things, but what have you experienced after accepting Christ? Um, I experienced his peace. Because before I accepted Jesus, I was in a state of unrest for quite some time. And once I accepted him, that unrest totally left. And I was filled with an overwhelming sense of peace and a joy in my heart that I did not have before. Yeah, I, I, I um, really rejoiced that your testimony. You said that there's this burden that was left. And that's what Christ says. He comes to... Uh, make, our, make our yoke easy. And so, praise the Lord. Would you guys help me uh, just give thanks for Deb's salvation? Yeah, Deb. Thanks. Jackie and Albert, come on up, guys. Hi. Good morning. Welcome, Jackie and Albert. 
You guys have been through some pretty serious ups and downs, right? Um, you have walked through depression, you've contemplated suicide, um, went through fertility challenges, and um, have, have gone through some really dark, difficult stuff. Uh, but Jackie, I want to ask you first, uh, the Lord really reached out to you in the midst of all that, didn't he? Uh, can, you, uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? What did God do to reach out to you? Um, so when I was younger, my mom grew up, uh, she was a Christian. She took me to church. And then uh, one of the things I'll always remember was I was in third or fourth grade, and then my mom used to chain smoke a lot. And then um, I cried out to God, and I asked him, I was like, uh, God, can you please um, have her stop smoking? And then the next day, she completely quit. So that was like a huge miracle um, that I'll always remember. But then after, um, but growing up in the church, I didn't understand what, who Jesus was. I just thought that if you sin, you go to hell. So that kind of pushed me away. And then uh, in my early 30s, yeah, that's when I started going through really bad depression where I was contemplating suicide every night. Um, you know, we we're having issues with our marriage. And it was, I was just so broken that um, I think it was really, really dark at 3 a.m. that I was crying. I said, God, uh, give me a sign because I think I'm going to kill myself. And a couple days later, um, I went to a wedding, and I uh, reconnected with my friend Christina. She's recording. And then um, she kind of, we had a long discussion, and uh, brought me, she brought me to church, and then I started really understanding who Jesus was. And, yeah. That's amazing. I, I really appreciate you sharing from those difficult seasons because no doubt there are people in this room and people watching right now who are going through similar difficult things. And so if that's you, just know that God can reach out to you and he wants to touch your life and invite you back to him, right? So thank you for sharing that with us, Jackie. Yeah. And one thing, yeah, I couldn't, like, uh, we're having issues with having a, a baby. So, uh, but two years ago, um, yeah, we had our, our daughter, Kira. Those sweet little sounds we were hearing just a second ago. I love that. That reminds us that the church is alive and that we're a family, right? And so thank you for sharing your sweet little one with us. I'm going to come over here to you, Albert. <clears throat> and Albert, um, you know, you, you spent a lot of your, your life in a variety of religious influences, kind of. Is that a fair way to say that? And, and Christianity, Jesus, is really a newer, newer thing for you, um, starting the beginning of this year, right? And so if you could, you know, Tell us uh, what helped you to begin to clarify, to discover, you know, faith in Jesus. Um, yeah, it's been a rough decade, <laughs> uh, to say the least. Um, I was a pastor's kid of a Japanese religion, Church of Perfect Liberty, um, and then uh, I was shopped around. Uh, it wasn't until um, I almost lost my life. I got stabbed seven times, and you'd think that you'd have, like, a different outlook on life, but... Uh, you know, so I was on a spiritual journey, um, went to a lot of Caucasian churches, went to some Korean churches for all the wrong reasons. I would go to try to meet girls in high school and, you know, eat all the, eat all the sundubu and kimpop. And then um, it, wasn't until, it wasn't until I went to um, Thanksgiving church in Buena Park and uh, there was a pastor that said, you know, we have a lot of believers and non-believers, but you are always welcome. Um, Jesus will always be with you and love you and support you. So um, that kind of planted a seed. And then... Um, it wasn't until uh, yeah we gave uh, I saw my daughter born and um, what could be more divine than that uh, you know so it was, was kind of wearing me down we, we, a lot of heated arguments my mother-in-law would always try to be like, I pray for you um, got weirded out you know and then like I, I just, for years I thought there was just so much hypocrisy and like uh, it's not the good words fault it's it's the people that take it out of context but it wasn't until you know my wife's like oh check out this check out this church and um, uh, SBCC, and then I saw Pastor Gary. I, I saw maybe like five sermons. Three out of the five, he was in tears, and it brought me to tears. 
Pastor Gary cries a lot. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was, I was like so mesmerized. Um, and you know, it's, it's the, the Holy Ghost. It's, it's something that you feel. Um, and y'all do it right here. So. Uh, well, we love you guys and are so glad you're part of the SBCC family. So welcome, and thank you for sharing your story with us. Thanks, That's guys. so awesome. Man, how encouraging is this just hearing from everybody? And church, I am so encouraged by our youth that step up, that are on fire for God, that love him so much that they're here today to share and proclaim their faith in Jesus. So the first student I want to welcome up is Kylie Shigemura. Now, Kylie, we're so excited that you're here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How old are you, and what grade are you in? Uh, I'm 14 years old, and I'm a freshman in high school. That's so awesome. Wow, wow. And, you know, Kylie, I love how you mentioned in your testimony you're really honest. You said church before was about service and uh, snacks. That was uh, what you looked forward to. But over time, as you grew, your view on God changed. So what changed that view? Um, I would say going to evolution and the first retreat that we went on was hold on and the main verse was John 15 5 which was that God is divine and we're the branches and then we have to hold on to him and then once we hold on to God like we have everything and without him we're nothing and we have to trust God because he has a plan for us and by trusting him we just have everything. Amen that's so awesome thank you Kylie I know man even Read her testimony. She shared how even in difficult times, she was able to hold on to the hope of Jesus. So I'm really thankful for her. Thank you for sharing.